I'd like to offer some reflections on compassion. And I would like to, to dedicate, dedicate this talk to, to each of you in, in gratitude for your practice. May, may this talk and our reflections and time together be of benefit to us and to all beings. interesting in um, preparing some thoughts and reflections and on sitting here and beginning I, I, I feel like such a tremendous theme, such a significant, important, powerful quality of, of heart. I hesitate to say anything. <laughs> I thought I could just bow. That would be the talk. <laughs> so keep that in mind as a summary of the talk. Bowing to the way things are. Bowing to the truth of suffering and the possibility of compassion, the, the, the Buddha's teachings and it seems like his, his life, what I know about it, it's all about compassion, beginning, middle and end. Compassion, compassion, compassion. And I feel such a lot of gratitude and awe, really, in the way my life has brought me to be in a place like this, in a tradition like this, where we are invited to reflect on, to understand and to cultivate compassion in our in our hearts, in our lives. And we can see probably very easily, very clearly, um, when we look into our lives, into our mind, into what we can know of the lives of other beings in the world. And, you know, if we have the courage to open to that, you know, so much, so much suffering. And um, I think uh, still I am really learning and trying to understand how to mm, be with that mm, so in ways that are actually helpful, liberating, conducive to the alleviation and the ending of suffering. I just know how to live in in harmony with with that because it is when we at least when I reflect on it I I can you know I can in a way maybe not always so deeply but I can recognize the uh, that my highest good the highest good is to be found in uh the uh, presence and activity of, of compassion. Just, 
but to to actually live live that maybe this is a lifetime of practice or maybe lifetimes of practice And now as I was pointing to yesterday, this feels to me that so much of uh, the path is encountering the obstacles. (laughs) That which hinders and inhibits our loving heart from fully flowering, from fully functioning. No. Wow, so interesting to see the many, many ways, and I find this in itself might be a helpful practice to see, you know, something painful in our bodies, in our mind. When we hear of some suffering in the world, or when we you know, remember just different beings suffering past and present and to uh, feel and know and understand the mechanisms, uh, the reactivities that um, create so much Resistance, struggle, denial, and a whole list of <laughs> what happens when we meet pain. They will distract. Um, deny or you know, get get sucked into, overwhelmed by you know all this. And the possibility of this so much of what we're doing in our practice here, isn't it? It's about wise um, response to that which is difficult when it arises. Like, oh. And is it possible to see in to see this pain, to meet this pain in ways that actually render it a condition for the arising of compassion? And that actually any moment, any moment, is uh, redolent or is full of this potential. Kind of a wonderful, encouraging thought, I find. So, Anyukampa and Karuna, the two words that come up, at least in my knowledge in the Pali Canon, the Buddha describing the quality of heart that that which that capacity to feel with to resonate with suffering of another suffering of our heart that which which resonates so maybe i don't know maybe like a, a vibration. And I was reflecting, I hope this makes sense to you, but actually it's a bit like um, when we hear a sound, there's a coming together of three factors for that contact, right? There's the sound waves, 
So right now maybe you're hearing the sound of my voice, sound of the sound system or anything else. And there's a the eardrum vibrates, so I understand it. And then there's ear consciousness or hearing consciousness. And when the three come together, oh, no? hearing, sound, size, happening. And when those conditions are not present, or when any one of those conditions is not present, doesn't happen. Hearing consciousness does not arise. And I'm wondering, I'm just proposing the same thing is actually true of compassion. It's maybe a rather technical way of looking at it, but why not? Um, three things necessary. The if you like, the vibration that comes of, of pain from ourself, from another. And then the heart, the chitta being available to, to be touched, to vibrate with that. And then the consciousness, I'm kind of calling it compassion consciousness. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting a little bit too creative here. And the compassion arises. So, you know, and, and, and so pain can come. Maybe the heart even, you know, is, is affected. But if there's no consciousness, if there's no knowing, then compassion can't arise. You know, sometimes I think this is where pain gets so dukkha because the somehow we, we're not, it's like, Meeting the pain and feeling the resonance and then the ah, the consciousness of that. And the compassion naturally arises. And I guess it feels that, that empathy, that this, this quivering response to the suffering of another or self is actually a natural, yeah? It kind of happens naturally. And what, what, again, what obstructs that, what hinders, what kind of gets in the way, you know, how you... You know, you tighten up, or you you don't want to look, or you kind of the fear of oh, and then I I uh, when it can just be present. So this quality is also sometimes is referred to as being this receptivity or. A listening quality, you know, like the Bodhisattva of compassion, the Kuan Yin, she who hears the sounds of the world. Hearing, listening, listening. Sometimes I, I notice. Maybe you know this as well. Like when you're listening to somebody, the difference between when you're something in you is. I know this jumping up and down, hoping you can say something helpful. <laughs> and how that actually impedes that sense of like just being really present and really listening. Being present with that. And then actually the helpful response arises. I just Either something is said or done or not said. Um, so there's something about space. One of my teachers, Christina Feldman, said, compassion is just space. It's interesting. And just to feel how part of what inhibits the natural arising of compassion is this gotta do something, gotta help, gotta fix, gotta figure it out, gotta, you know, oh. <sighs> Breathing out often helps. So there's also um, in uh, Karuna this uh, meaning or quality of uh, something more active. So I find it very helpful 
sometimes this exploration that there's a receptive and there's an active and almost like allowing ourselves to respond. So again, it's like what inhibits, what, what obstructs, what gets in the way of, oh, well, I, might, I don't want to offend them, or I don't want to get in trouble, or, you know, I haven't got time, or, you know, just what, what actually gets, oh, you know, I can't be bothered, or just what, that movement to karuna as a movement to care, uh, 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 we want to act, it's so natural, we want to share, give, yeah? different ways it may manifest and and what get all oh, but I haven't got enough you know or just to know again so much of our practice to see what gets in the way oh. hmm. I think in my I feel like when I was younger I used to be better at just leaping in there and doing it anyway <laughs> I feel like think back some of the things I did, some of the actions I made. Um, I remember one time um, when I was a school teacher and I was with these children and um, we were sort of, you know, you heard children who were trying to, you know, this very strong sense of this protective quality of compassion. It was like, very strong sense of let no one harm this this one, these beings, these children in this case. And we were crossing the road and um, it was just this sense of a car kind of coming and maybe not slowing down enough. And and I just stood there and I went, I stop. <laughs> I put my hand up. And um, it was so, it was such a clear... It's like, run me over, don't care, don't, it's all right, you're not getting these ones. So, and then we probably all know that, it's like a, where does that come from? Where does that come from? Just, it's not I or me, or it just, so there are those moments, probably you all, you know, you all have your moments when you can see, you know, something just, manifests and then you also see those times when you, you you don't you can't you know sorry mate but couldn't and again another memory from many years ago when I was part of a a, uh, a women's peace camp in Britain and part of that in uh, protesting against nuclear weapons was to break the law in certain ways that some some of the women as a non-violent direct action and I remember once talking to an elder in the camp um, about my my suffering because I didn't dare to break the law and I felt terrible about it I felt like I was just letting everybody down and was, you know, we got very, like, I'm a coward, all that identification and that sense of, you know, I should be different and all that. And this one very wise, loving, elder woman, I, I still remember it so clear, clearly, um, I'm sure she said other things, but the thing she said that I remember, she said, just being here is a good action. Just being here is a good action. And, uh, isn't that amazing? That's just, and that feels so relevant to what we're doing here, doesn't it? You know, just being here is a good action. So I want to share some of the words from the wise beings about this. Sharon Salzberg, 
in her book Loving Kindness, said, Compassion is the strength that arises out of seeing the true nature of suffering in the world. Compassion allows us to bear witness to that suffering, whether it is in ourselves or others, without fear. It allows us to act strongly with all the skill at our disposal. So again, it's maybe that receptive and active and you know, maybe even on retreat, you know, we can see that, that what blocks are care for the moment, the care for another. And can we be compassionate towards that, with that? Yeah. So nothing, nothing is excluded from this compassionate intention. And this is where we we can sense the boundless, limitless, unconditional capacity of compassion. It can go anywhere. Yeah. And there's such a, a powerful reflection, isn't it? It's and we don't always remember that or know that, or, but at least maybe we can remember that that's true. And I also maybe I wanted to say just something very br briefly about forgiveness, um, because it feels to me like um, part of this theme of how we all have been hurt and to acknowledge how with great hurt you know there is a great work of healing and forgiveness that we courageously undertake and that this our process of healing, forgiving, is completely its own, um, it has its own law, lawfulness, it has its own um, logic, it has its own um, time or moment, yeah? And I, I, but that with sometimes it's we feel we can't forgive and it, we're not ready and can we be compassionate with that too and somehow for me that that with one particular abiding resentment in my own heart that it feels like that patience is what's important and not but somehow to keep reminding myself that that's possible that's what I aspire to but I will not um, be aggressive towards my mind about that So, I just wanted to add a few more reflections on, maybe from my experience, what, what helps to um, give rise to compassion. And one I've perhaps already touched on, and it, it feels like it's, it's about action. It's, it's like, you know, sometimes you feel I've got to wait till I'm really compassionate and then I can... <laughs> I can help or then I can and I look back and I feel so grateful that early in my life I fell into Quaker circles I won't go on and explain but that particular tradition where action is so key and I would find myself doing you know voluntary work and different things and just because that's what you did and 
how much when we give, when we serve, when we, when we, when we uh, just in a very simple way. Like when I was young, I think I didn't even realize I was being compassionate. I didn't see it like that. It was just, oh, go and do this. And yeah, they need that and we'll do that. And like, you know, yeah. Um, and that the joy of that, yeah, and the shared happiness and the seeing the good results, like, oh, that is maybe one of the most important, um, that it's it doesn't, it just, it's like it doesn't all have to be like, you know, we get some pump and we're going, we're trying to pump it up in our hearts. <laughs> or like find that button and keep breathing. It's like, I just, you know, act, give, share, even from the little bit of right intent, you know. And it's so, it's like, like with generosity, I, I, you know, perhaps you have done this as a practice at times. And I've found it's like, the more you do it, the more you do it. It's like, oh, that feels really good. <laughs> and then maybe you forget and you get, go back into stinginess and I haven't got enough and this. And then again, so something about um, learning how to, how you, how you how you enjoy giving, you know? There's a wonderful quote from a, a man called Albert Schweitzer. He said, the only ones among you who will be truly happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. I think that's so true. And yeah, that happiness that those of you who will be truly happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. So this is not about, you know, me, is it, or me, or I, or you, is like, it's not about that, it's about this, these qualities of giving and caring, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> not expressing that very clearly perhaps, but just in tune with this anatta, not me, not mine kind of theme where I think we can make quite a just kind of unpleasant and rather unproductive uh, practice out of feeling like I have to be compassionate. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's not so helpful, you know, or I have to help you, you know. Well, this is, again, loosening up on us, what's this I and you? No, can it can it come forth without that? Don't really need that part. So I'd like to maybe just pause for a moment. I actually invite you to join if you wish, just to reflect together for a few moments on maybe people that maybe you could bring to mind one or two people from your life. And who, for you, embody or express to some degree, yeah, allowing for imperfection in brackets. Uh, but who, to some degree, embody or express compassion. So, maybe just bringing someone to mind and just kind of thinking about them and what are the, what is it? Like what are the qualities there or the actions or the, like how did you or do you recognize that compassion? Yeah, so it's just a little reflection. Maybe I'll just be quiet for a little bit just if you want to 
just bring someone to mind and just think, you know, yeah, and enjoy, appreciate that compassionate uh, aspect of that being and just see, you know, how, what is it? How do you recognize compassion in that being? You know, and, and, and maybe, maybe, again, I don't want to labor this, but maybe there's no specific thing. It's more like a felt sense, just how you feel with that person or when you listen to that person. That's a real clue, you see. Like reason, part of the reason I think is a lovely reflection is, well, A, it's uplifting and when you recognize a quality in another person, it helps to cultivate that in your own heart, doesn't it? It's like, and yeah, so we can see maybe, oh, I feel, I feel like, I'll just name one or two of mine. It's like, oh, I feel I'm not alone. I'm not alone with what's difficult. Or, I, I see someone who just has so much patience. Hmm. Anyway, I don't just maybe if it's helpful for you to name, because it it points to maybe what we can uh, recognize more in ourselves, in our own being. And as we recognize and turn to that, it. It, it it can grow. Yeah. So, um, how how else do we um, help compassion to arise? And and again, a central theme above of somehow being. Different, different ways we can uh, encounter the pain or the suffering in ourselves or another and really somehow learn and practice being able to more and more embrace that as the path, as the path, as the ground of awakening, as the actual doorway to liberation just that what what is it helps us remember one of my teachers wonderful zen american zen teacher called charlotte joko beck who has saved me many times <laughs> uh just reading her work it's so down to earth she said being okay with difficulty is compassion Pithy, huh? It's so, just that kind of sometimes that Zen quality, just, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Charlotte. Right. Mm. Or from, I'd like to share two other pieces from different spiritual traditions, one from a Sufi tradition, because tradition, this obviously is a core wisdom in every spiritual, every great spiritual tradition and probably non-spiritual traditions as well. So this I found very beautiful uh, Sufi prayer. Overcome any bitterness that may have come to you because you were not up to the magnitude of the pain entrusted to you. Like the mother of the world who carries the pain of the world in her heart, 
each one of us is part of her heart and therefore endowed with a certain measure of cosmic pain. You are sharing in the totality of that pain. You are called upon to meet it in joy instead of self-pity. Powerful words. Like the mother of the world who carries the pain of the world in her heart, each one of us is part of her heart and therefore endowed with a certain measure of pain. You are sharing in the totality of that pain. You are called upon to meet it in joy instead of self-pity. And just one other from a Quaker tradition. Um, a wonderful teacher called Douglas Steer. And he said, to be present is to be vulnerable, to be able to be hurt, to be willing to be spent. But it is also to be awake, alive, and engaged actively in the immediate assignment that has been laid upon us. The immediate assignment that has been laid upon us. And to me, this brings us right into our mindfulness practice. Right here. Can we bear the burden or (laughs) turn towards, open to this moment and that sense of understanding dukkha, sometimes you turn it around, you say it's standing under, stand under the suffering. Yeah, to, to accept the immediate assignment that has been laid upon us. Life has given you an assignment. <laughs> Are you going to say no? do say no compassion with that can we learn to say yes and to share a lovely quote from Joseph in meditation practice when we settle back and open to what's happening without aversion or attachment we're developing compassion so that's, that's good, isn't it? So it's right here in that being present with whatever's happening, however lovely, however unlovely, as we learn to release from those processes and reactivities of aversion and craving. That is, that is the, the cultivation and that that is the cultivation of compassion. It's not, it's not, not that. So, so lastly, I'd like to shift mode a little bit again and invite you to, um, Maybe join in with a little bit, if you wish, kind of a guided reflection uh, as you all well know, compassion meditations we can take it on as a a formal cultivation directly, and I just wanted thought we could just share a, a little bit of time with what just one one way in. Um, okay, so
So maybe just for a moment, just checking in with yourself, just feeling your body sitting, just acknowledging presence. And just for a few moments, perhaps acknowledging great resources of mind that you are developing, that have already been developed, of steadiness, of ground, groundedness, of spaciousness, calm, care, actually all present right now, available. And just if you wish, a few moments, bringing to mind something either in your present experience or perhaps something that's happened on the retreat. Something just that has felt painful, difficult in some way or something that's there for you right now. Maybe even very subtly, it doesn't have to be. Just even very slight sense of dis-ease And very simply, bringing that to mind, letting our attention move to that, and just acknowledge, just meet that. Just the, the, the painful, the difficult aspect of that, can you just meet that. Letting it be as it is. And then simply having a sense of, is it possible to open, like actually really allow whatever that is, whatever that difficultness, that painfulness is, just allowing it to be there, to be here, to have its own life in a way. And including any resistance or reactivity around that. Don't want to, you know, just don't want to feel that or don't want to think about that or any even very subtle sense of separating out or judging or Disliking, okay, allow, allow that to widen, 
lower your standards. Widen and include it all. And then somehow just seeing it with wisdom and just seeing what comes as I say that. Like what would it be to see, to know what's happening for you right now with wisdom? Seeing its changing nature, seeing its uncertain, shifting nature, feeling it intensifying, feeling it fade, sensing the awareness that's just kind of holding everything. So seeing with wisdom. It's not me, it's not mine. Just sensations in space. And really relaxing the mind, relaxing the attention, letting go of any sense of trying to do anything. Just being here. Just being here is a good action. And then I'd just like to invite you to bring to mind somebody, another person, maybe somebody here or somebody in your life, somebody you would just like to spend some time with, bring them to mind, sense of them or an image, or their name. And acknowledging that this person too has pain and difficulty. Some maybe we know, some we will never know. Seeing if we can have a sense of acknowledging, just meeting that, that's true for them, as it's true for you, as it's true for all of us. This person experiences pain and difficulty in their life. Acknowledging that. And then seeing if we can open, open more and more to that, the truth that they suffer sometimes. And just that sense of loving connection or presence with them. Just resting in presence, resting in just being here. With a sense of allowing that they too suffer. That happens. And that your mind and your heart can widen. Can be spacious and is able to include that, to be present with that, to let that be known and understood. 
feeling any resistance or no, you know, I don't want it to be that way. It's like, okay. Just come back to that simple truth. And the heart that can include all of it. Of you and that person and all of us here. This vast mind and heart, this great heart of kindness and compassion that can go anywhere, that can bear witness to suffering and not be overwhelmed, but are actually open more and more in wisdom and love. So, thank you for um, joining with these reflections and again as I said at the beginning, I dedicate this talk to each of you in on honouring and respecting your practice and your presence here. And again with the wish that our time together this evening be truly for your benefit and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. And I'd like to close these reflections with another quote from Sharon Salzberg. <coughs> what we are doing in compassion meditation is purifying and transforming our relationship to suffering, whether it is our own or that of another. Being able to acknowledge suffering, open to it, and respond to it with a tenderness of heart that allows us to join with all beings and realize that we are never alone. Being able to acknowledge suffering, open to it, and respond to it with a tenderness of heart that allows us to join with all beings and realize that we are never alone. So thank you for your attention.